Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. And I know when you have a special speaker, you oftentimes just say, you know, I want my pastor to preach, and I get that. Um, But I'm a pastor at heart, never been your pastor. 33 years ago today, Jason, my wife and I and two little boys moved from the state of Texas to take a church in Arkansas. We were born and raised in Texas, and God moved us to the northwest region of the state of Arkansas. And the place exploded over the last 32 years and seven months that we were there. We moved here five months ago. Don't live very far from your church. It's an honor to be a part of your great community. And I am just really so pleased that I have the privilege to preach locally today. I haven't had that opportunity a lot. I've been all over the place. And um, so next week I'll be in New England and Kansas City and somewhere else. I don't know where it is, Iowa. And, um, and so I'm really grateful to be here today. My wife is ill. She got up and she's been ill for two days. And so pray for her uh, because that's, that's typical for her. And she was looking forward to be with us today. So I'm a pastor at heart. I love pastors. And your pastor has been a friend to me. And I was thinking a moment ago, I don't know how long you've been here, Jason, um, but when you've been somewhere as long as I was somewhere, you don't know when the church began and where you ended and where uh, you began and the church ended. And so I've been in a new life the last five months of my life. Everything in my life is new except my wife. I still have the same wife. Uh, But everything else is new. And so please pray for us. Um, It's a very challenging experience, and we really want to do well in forwarding the kingdom of God uh, with you. In fact, I know that you've been speaking about the kingdom of God. I went online and listened to some of that and thank God for it. And out of the book of Acts, which is one of my favorite books in all of the Bible, and I thought really seriously about just camping on in there and, and staying with you. But I really believe deeply that what I want to share and what I need to share is what the Lord wants to use in many of your lives. Everywhere I go, people are discouraged. I I really appreciated one of the songs that was sung because it talked about being a child of God and it talked about rising up to the level of being who you are, that you're chosen in Him and you're a brand new person in Christ. And when we live our lives like that, that's a totally different way to live than seeing yourself as one big loser and you never win and you don't have a shot at living the way God wants you to live. Well, I just don't believe that. So today I want to begin with a statement. And when I begin in with a statement, I want you to listen to it very, very carefully because I believe it's something we need to grab a hold of deeply in this room today. Not one person, nor any single thing, can stop God's plan for your life. You may have a bully for a boss. He doesn't have the power to stop God's plan. You may have a disease, an illness that seems to be defeating you greatly. 
But even that disease and that illness does not have the power to stop God's plan in your life. You may have a career setback in your life, the loss of a job, financial matters that have totally changed and really challenged you greatly. But there is not one person nor one single thing that can ever stop God's plan for your life. Just imagine with me for a moment today. Just imagine one day you're sitting at home and you get the tragic word that in one moment all of your children die. A unique tragedy unlike anything you ever imagined in your worst imagination just became reality. Or just imagine today that in just a few Days, you lost all of your possessions, every one of your possessions. Or just imagine today that all of a sudden you started losing your health. Your health is a blessing of God. Would you agree? It's one of the greatest things you have is your health. And when you start losing your health in any way, it is, it is, it is enormously concerning. Or perhaps... While you're walking through stuff in your life, the best friends you have begin to betray you, and they talk about you, and they tell you that all those things are happening in your life because you're not right with God. Well, I want to introduce you to a man today that in one fast, sudden moment, he lost all of his kids. And not only did he lose all of his kids, the Bible says he lost all of his resources. Every one of his possessions. In a matter of days after losing his kids, he lost his possessions. And on top of that crushing blow, he started losing his health. And his friends sat in the corner and betrayed him and made fun of him and told him that if he was just half the man he thought he was, he would get himself right with God, and God would not judge him any longer anymore in his life. The Bible talks about this man. This man's name is Job. And the Bible doesn't say anything about Job like that except those experiences. Because the Bible, when it talks about Job, it talks about Job being a man who feared God with all that he was. A man who had complete, absolute, pure integrity. No stain at all in his heart. A man who turned away from all evil. In fact, the Bible says that he was the greatest man in the East. That's quite a statement. And the one thing that separated him greatly is that every morning he would rise early to be with God. And it would worship the God of heaven. This morning, I want you to look with me into the scripture. Because in a moment, I want to read to you simply one verse today as our text. I don't want you to ever forget this text. I want you to underline it if you have a printed copy of God's word. Or highlight it if you have an e-version. 
Use something, even if you have to use mascara, to make sure you don't lose that verse. Job had had this dialogue with God. Because all those things had happened to Job, every one of them. And Job is dialoguing with God, and God is talking to him. And then God just lectures him for a few chapters and speaks to him. And finally, Job said something that was quite profound, and this is what I want you to gather today. It's in chapter 42 of the book of Job, in verse number 2. I'm reading it from the Christian Standard Bible. Listen carefully to what God says. I know that you can do anything, and no plan of yours can be thwarted. Think about what he just did. After all he had been through, as God was dialoguing with him, and think about what Job just told God. I know you can do anything, and there is no plan of yours that can ever be thwarted, a word that we're not really familiar with, but I'm going to talk about today. A moment ago, I mentioned the series that your pastor and team are doing on the kingdom. You know, the kingdom of God is unstoppable. The church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. But all of that is because the plan of God is unstoppable. Nobody has the power to stop God's plan. No one. There's not one of you intellectual enough to combat the plan of God. There's not one of you great enough to overcome the plan of God. God has a plan that is unstoppable, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. When Job said, I know, I know that you can do anything. And then notice the phrase, and no plan of yours can be thwarted. Now, what does that word thwarted mean? God is saying that there is not one person nor one single thing that can ever clip off. That's what the word thwarted means. Or cut off. Or limit. Or restrain. Or eliminate God's plan for your life. What an incredible word. That there's not one thing, doesn't matter what you face, one thing that can ever clip off or eliminate the plan of God in your life. That doesn't mean you won't go through ups and downs. Job went through ups and downs. Would you agree with that? In fact, let me give you a word picture. One time the Bible says in the book of Job that Job's grief was so heavy that the weight was so mighty on his life that you could look at the sand of the seashore and his grief even weighed more than that. The next time you go to the beach, you think about that verse and you think about that illustration. 
because there are people all over Greater Franklin and Brentwood and all over Metro Nashville today that their grief is so heavy that they feel that the weight on their soul is more heavy than the sand weighed upon the seashore. But the Scripture here tells us that even though he felt crushed, never did Job deny the word of the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, do you ever feel like you are at the end of your rope? Whether you're in this room with me or in the other worship setting with us, perhaps streaming this online or later on we'll watch it, let me ask you today, do you ever feel like you're at the end of your rope? Overwhelmed with your schedule, dominated by the demands of others, unable to even meet the expectations of the people around you, including your spouse, including your kids, including your husband. Oh, listen today, we need to take heart because there are times in your life when you will feel as though you are going through it all. And Job felt like he was going through a major setback in his life. But I want you to grab a hold of a statement today, and I want you to remember it. You see, when you perceive as a setback in your life, and what you perceive as a setback in your life, it may be a setup for God to demonstrate his power through you. Every day in your life, you walk through tough times. And oftentimes we think that those tough times, the Lord's not behind. I'm convinced that the Lord wants to use those difficult, challenging moments in your life to demonstrate his power through your life. You see, God is committed to one thing, and that is to bring you to an end of yourself. The Bible says in the book of James, twice in the book of James, in chapter 4, it says to humble yourself before God. It tells you to take the initial moment of humbling yourself before God. Oftentimes we think it's, well, you know, I'm going to be humbled, though life is going to humble me. No, that's not the way God wants you to live life. God wants you to live life where you're coming to him every day and you're humbling yourself before the Lord. Because those who humble themselves before the Lord, the Bible says, in due season, God will raise you up. That's a pretty good promise, is it not? God will take care of you. God will use you. And those setbacks, they're a part of life. But God uses those setbacks to set you up to experience the power of God in your life. Let me show you something else in the book of Job that Job knew and he practiced throughout his life. Here he is dealing with loss and grief. Here he is dealing with betrayal and judgment. And you know what we need to do? We need to live out what Job said over in chapter 40 of the book of Job in verse number 4. Would you look at that with me? You can see it on the screen. It says, I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. When's the last time you told God you were insignificant? When's the last time you willingly came to the Lord and you humbled yourself before God? When's the last time did you admit to God you did not have the answer to everything in life? When's the last time have you admitted that you don't always have to get your way? 
And you don't have to always win the argument. Job said, how do I answer you, Lord? And Job said, I don't know what to say to God. And look what he said. What a word picture. He said, but I can place my what? Hand over my mouth. Sometimes we need to learn to place our hand over our mouth. Can I get an amen? You see right here what you find in the scripture when you look at chapter 40 and the chapters around it, Job compared himself to God, not to other people and not to problems. When you compare yourself to other people and problems, they seem overwhelming. But Job compared himself to what? To God. To God. And Job knew, and he declared it in the text. It's powerful. Read the book. It's a great book. And he declared it in the book. And what did he say? He said, he said Lord, I know I was not present at creation, but you were. Folks, we need to come to a point where we realize we don't know it all. And we're not powerful in and of ourselves at all. We are nothing before a holy and a mighty God. It was God who created the heavens and the earth, not me. And I don't need to act like I'm God. He's God. I'm not God. And Job knew. He did not determine the dimensions of the earth. In fact, that's what Job said. Job said, God, it wasn't me that determined the dimensions of the earth. You did. Therefore, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. God's got something to say to us more than we have to say to God. And Job knew. Listen to this. I love this statement. Job said to God, God, you're the one. You're the one, God. You call the morning into reality every day. I don't. You got up today? Some of you got up just in time to be here. Some of you got up when I got up early, early, early. But I'm telling you, you think about it tomorrow when you're driving to work. All of a sudden the dawn comes. There's a God in heaven who calls the morning into reality every day. And there's not one of us on this earth that had the power to do that. He calls the morning into reality And notice what the Bible says. Job knew that he was not the one who controlled the constellations and the stars and the planets, but God did. You see, Job never let his problems or his losses determine his view of God. He had a proper perspective of who God was. He kept God who God was and stated who God was, not on the basis of what he was going through in his life, like flimsy, shallow American. American Christianity wants to look at God through what we're going through. No, he's God, whether we recognize him as God or not. He has the final word about everything. Whether we believe it or not, God is real. And Job through all of his losses, all of his pain. He said, God, I'm so insignificant compared to you. And Job said, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth because how can I ever compete with a God like you? And you know what that meant when he put his hand over his mouth? Here's what it meant. Lord, I trust you. There are times in your life 
where you need to give up and you need to trust God. I want you to hear me loud and clear today. If you're taking notes, you write this statement down. There is not one person nor one single thing has the power to stop God's plan for your life. God's plan is unstoppable. God created everything and God created everyone. It is God who calls the morning into reality, not you and not me. And when God says there's nothing that can hinder the plan of God, listen carefully. There is nothing that can hinder the plan of God. It doesn't matter who holds office. It doesn't matter who is the president and CEO. It doesn't matter what your financial portfolio is. God is the one who controls all matters. He is God. And therefore, you can live your life knowing God's plan for your life is unstoppable. When you walk through your life with three convictions, and I want to point these out to you today. Conviction number one, so powerful of a word. Believe God can do anything. Do you believe God can do anything? We live in a Christian arena today where people want to define what God can do and what God can't do. Hello? Who do you think you are? You got way too much intellect, man. Mm-mm. We're not that good. There are times you live perhaps like you believe you are God, but you are not God. God is God, right? Job knew something that every American needs to learn, especially Christians who live in this nation. Job knew he was not God even though his friends lived as though they were God. You see, 100% of you must believe, every part of you must believe that all you have and all you are, you've got to believe this with all you have and all you are, that God can do anything. I, I, I remember when a couple of decades or so ago, when you preached that in the church, people agreed with that. And today, there are times and there are churches where people don't always agree with that, that God can do everything and God can do anything. Now, the problem is not God. The problem is arrogance and pride. It's time to put your hand over your mouth, right? And trust God, believe God, who is who he says he is. One of the powerful statements of the New Testament is found over in the story of Mary. You remember it? Over in chapter 1 of the book of Luke. When Mary learned about Elizabeth having a baby, which was a miracle. She was an old woman. And then she found out that she was pregnant and knew that she had never had any sexual relationship whatsoever with Joseph. And God told her that the Son of the Most High God is living in her. Now imagine that, ladies. And listen to what she said. She said in Luke 1, 37, 
for nothing will be impossible with God. We need to return to the moment when we believe God can do anything and nothing will be impossible with God. We serve a God who can heal you. We serve a God who can turn your child around. We serve a God who can save the most lost wretch in all of Franklin. We serve a God who can do all kinds of things. He is a great God, a big God, a mighty God, and he is God and we are not. Believe God can do anything. Second conviction is start seeing uh, what God sees. See what God sees. Do you see what God sees? I mean, when you see your problems as big, you're not seeing what God sees. When you feel overwhelmed with everything, you are not seeing what God sees. Because when you feel overwhelmed with everything, then you will live a limited life, you will feel restrained in your life, you will settle for so much more than what God wants you to have. But boy, it's a whole different story when you line up and start seeing what God sees. Let me show you what your life will be like. You will begin to see that God is always at work. He's always at work. Uh, be comforted, Pastor. Some of these Sundays when you get up and you preach your heart out and you don't think they get it, God's always at work. God's always at work. Be comforted that when you pray and you seek the Lord about your lost friend and he still is resistant or she's resistant, God is always at work. And you see that not as a problem, but you see it as a deep belief that God is always at work. And your perspective will all of a sudden become aligned with God's word rather than your perspective being aligned with your feelings or with what you're going through in your life. Listen, y'all believe this book? This is God's book. God's got the final word. No matter what he's talking about, he's got the final word. And you know what? Whether we believe this book or not, he's still God. And it's still true. It's not dependent upon my belief in it. But boy, when I see what God sees and I start seeing what he sees, then it, it aligns with this word. And then I will believe that God can do anything. Boy, I will start walking in faith, believing that God can do anything. There's nothing in your life more powerful than to believe that God can do anything. And let me show you something else. It's, it's really a powerful word. You will begin to know that God's signature upon your life is found over in John 15, 16 with the words of Jesus. What did Jesus say? I have chosen you. That alters everything. You're chosen. You're chosen. God's hand's on you. God is with you. I mean, start seeing that. I mean, God has you in the palm of his hand, and he's always had you on his mind. God cares for you. God doesn't want to hurt you. God wants to walk with you and build you to be a mighty man, a mighty woman for God. He wants to use you in ways that are far beyond your own imagination. Back to a common belief that we better have in relationship. Here's another takeaway for you today. God can do anything, anywhere, at any time, with anyone. You believe that? He can do anything. Man, I grew up in a church running 30 to 40 on a Sunday morning. 
I grew up in a church that was about that big right there. And on a Wednesday night, or excuse me, on a Saturday night at a student prayer service, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And have never been the same since. Those are my roots. A bivocational pastor. It's all I ever had in my life until I became a pastor. And I'm telling you, the Lord, He can do anything, anywhere, at any time with anyone. So you have to believe that God can do anything. And you've got to see what God sees. And then you need to start living knowing God's plan for your life is unstoppable. No one can stop God's plan in your life. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm not trying to play, you know, something out here in the heavenlies with you today. Because the reality is you will have problems. And the reality is you will have tough times in your life. You will walk through losses and you will walk through adversity. But they will shape your life. They don't have to end your life. Not one problem in your life, not one loss in your life, not one adversity in your life can stop God's plan and God's purpose in your life. You believe that today? You see, the reason that is true is because God pursues us in love. I mean, he pursues us in love. That's why God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth 2,000 years ago. He lived a perfect life. And he died on a cross for your sin and for my sin. Somebody had to die for my sin. Somebody had to die for your sin. Somebody had to die for the sins of the world. Jesus died in our place. Isn't that wonderful? And he died for you. And he died for you. And he who knew no sin became sin for you so that you might become God's righteousness in him. You are a sinner today who is in need of Jesus Christ in your life, listen, Jesus died for your sin. He died for your sin. He died for my sin. He became sin for me. And I've got to believe that he died for me. And I've got to believe that he was so dead, they took his body and they buried it in a a grave, in a tomb. And I've got to believe on the third day, The man who could not stand or walk on his own, God raised him up to new life, and he lived. Because Jesus lives, and that's the gospel. He died, he was buried, and he is raised from the dead. And when I confess that, and I can believe that, then I can come to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I can turn from the way I'm living, and I can turn by faith to him, trusting him, and believing him in my life. And the moment I give my life to Christ, the moment Christ comes into my life, here's what happens. Jesus washes away sin. Jesus comes to live in your life. And Jesus takes you to heaven when you die. Oh, let me tell you today, that is a great opportunity for every one of us in this room today. That is the great story that we have to tell all of this region, all of this state, All of this country, all 330 million of them and 7.54 billion around the world, we need to tell that story too. Because that story is the power of the gospel and that story can change life. It's all true. You know why? Because God is all powerful. And there's not one of us that can alter God's plan for your life or alter God's plan for my life. I close with this one verse today. 
And I want you to look at it with me this morning. It's over in the book of Proverbs in chapter 19. And it's found in the 21st verse of chapter 19 of Proverbs. You can see it on the screen, and I want you to look at it with me. The Bible says that many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. What does that mean? That means that God's purpose will always rise up, and that means that God's purpose will always be accomplished. God's purpose for your life and God's purpose for my life, God's plan for your life and God's plan for my life, it is unstoppable. Not one single person, not one single event can sideline the plan of God in my life. God is committed to me, and I'm committed to him. And you know, God is not saying here in Proverbs 19, 21, that my purpose and my plan might stand, or it will most likely stand. That's not what God says. You know what God is saying here? God is saying that my purpose and my plan for your life will stand, and it will be accomplished. Oh, listen. Listen, Clearview Church. God's got a plan, and God's got a purpose, not only for your life, my life, but for your church. And he will fulfill, he will fulfill his plan for your church, with you or without you. He will do the same for the kingdom, with you or without you. He is committed to fulfilling his plan and his purpose, and not one of us can get in the way. You see, what I really fret and what I see, what I worry about so much in believers' lives is that whatever we see as being big, whatever we see as being a mountain, whatever we see as being an obstacle, many times we let it scare us. We let it frighten us. And that's not God's will, and that's not God's way. God wants us to look at that mountain and call it down. God wants us to look at the most difficult thing and declare that our God is able. And I don't know what you're up against. It could be hell itself, but I want to share with you today, believe that God can do anything because he can. And don't ever stop believing that. Because there will be a moment in your life that the only thing that will get you through will be that you believe that. And you will crawl up on those days believing by faith that God is who he says he is. He's the one who calls the morning into reality. He's the one who knows the constellations. He's the one that's controlling the stars. He's the one that places them and the planets around the universe. It is God who is that great. And I've got to know something. And i got to believe something so powerful that I never forget this. God can do more in a moment than I can ever do in a lifetime. In one brief moment, God can do anything. I don't know what you're walking through today, but I'm telling you, Look to God. Our God is able. Father, I pray now in the strong name of Jesus Christ that your people will rise up strongly today 
and believe that God is able. I pray for someone here today who has never met Jesus as Lord and Savior. May they believe that Christ died for them. And may they come and be saved today. I pray for the man or the woman, the teenager, who really needs to know and needs to confess, God, I believe you can do anything. And Lord, you know what I'm walking through. You know what I'm facing. You know the challenge, the hurt, the transition. You know, you know what's going on in everyone's life today. Everyone's life here today, you know. And I pray we'll rise up and confess that you are God. And you are powerful and you can do anything, anytime, anywhere with anyone. This morning, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to ask you, would you come to Christ today? Pastor Jason and other pastors will be here at the front today. We're not going to embarrass you. not going to call your name. But I'm telling you, we want to invite you to come to Christ today. Will you give your life to Christ today? Will you make this place your place where you give your life to Christ today? Maybe you've been thinking about becoming a part of this fellowship called Clearview Church. I, I pray you'll come to one of these pastors and just talk to them about that. Maybe God's calling you to ministry, calling you to missions. Maybe calling some of you to go to the nations to share the gospel. Cross-cultural, different language. I pray that you will come today. And you're coming because you believe God can do anything. And you believe God may be calling you. Let these pastors pray for you. And maybe this morning you're at a time in your life, a moment in your life, when you just need somebody to pray over you. Boy, I tell you what, I get there. Well, I just need somebody to pray for me. It doesn't have to be the sky is falling. I just need prayer. Why is it that we fear that that's weakness? That's not weakness, that's strength. There are a few of you who might need to just come and say, Pastor, pray for me today. I pray, Lord, as we stand to worship in a moment, that your will would be done and God's will will be accomplished. May we stand together all over the room today and would you come today as we worship the Lord. If you need to come, we're not going to be long, but we are going to ask you to come and to come right now. Would you come? Hey, if anything in this sermon series or teaching series helped you, would you do us a favor? Email the link to a friend. Post it on Facebook. Tweet it out. I'm telling you, you'd be surprised at how often God can use you to reach somebody in a similar situation that just needs an injection of truth or encouragement or hope to move them further down the road in their walk with God. And always know, if you need us, you can go to clearview.org and contact us and somebody will be in touch.